0: right guardians we are here now we're going to do our deep dive into season of opulence info breaking down trailer frame by frame discussing each thing so if you guys are in chat thank you guys for tuning in if you aren't catching this live on twitch you can follow me twitch.tv slash ebontis hit the notification so you guys know when i go live but if you guys are catching this on youtube thank you very much if you haven't subbed yet please do so um, of course and uh, you guys can find me on twitter under ebontis as well but uh, this is one of the images that is floating out there. And this is honestly where I'm guessing we're going to start the quest. So this is... Xur's um, little tree is right over here. This doesn't ring a bell to anybody. But this giant golden ship, definitely we know where it comes from. So I don't know if this is going to be our way to go travel up uh, Season of Opulence to start the quest. Maybe our interaction of some kind. But it definitely looks like... We're definitely on Nessus in this picture. So we will definitely see um, what this thing's all about. Very specific... Very, very specific picture here. So I wonder what that will do. But yeah, that's where I wanted to start is this is going to be Season of Opulence. Just deep dive, breakdown, kind of speculation, talking with chat, seeing what we have for thoughts. So anything's pretty much on the table at this point because we don't know much besides what we have to look at. So first thing, Season of Opulence trailer. So I'm going to go through this and probably pause it each time as we go through. Uh, I'm going to take my face away just for a little bit so I'm not in the way. And let's see what we got. So right here, before we even get to the narrator, uh, that's the picture we saw before uh, when they were advertising Season of Opulence is Kallus' face basically, you know, emboldened into the wall. And then you've got the gold over it, and that's kind of what we saw previously on the banner. So here we've got six players. So this is basically going to be your intro to the Menagerie. Um, Menagerie is going to be, as I had told in the previous video, It's a collection of wild animals, some people think of it as a zoo, a strange or diverse collection of people or things, some other specimen in television menagerie. It's like, I mean, you Google it, you get the idea, it's just, it's a collection, Um, just a very odd or ornate collection, something like that. Ornate, opulence, all that stuff's gonna go together. So, that's where that's all gonna fit. This looks like where we enter, potentially, into the menagerie for the six-player match made, maybe this is the matchmaking space, who knows, before you actually start the activity. A new mystery. Okay, for one, don't know who the narrator is. Haven't figured that one out yet. And the voice is deeper than most of the people we know. I mean, it's not Saladin. It's not anybody else. And I don't think Benedict99 is going to have that type of voice. If he does, that's a badass, but no idea. Uh, the other pieces, you can tell these are the actual Callus statues up here. Previously, it's the Callus or the big Callus robots. That is the form, though. It looks like Callus, like, faded in the background. I can't tell too much else. And this seems to be a very kind of important little thing that does tend to be glowing a little bit. So that's probably your best actual, like, lighting shot. So we're in, like, we're in Kallus' space. We're on the ship, but very much dark. Um, It looks like we can definitely go Ascendant in here. It could be Toland, but maybe not quite as well. So kinky, I think so. Yeah, that's definitely possible. So maybe we have an Ascendant version of Kallus' ship. Uh, or we're going to go to an Ascendant Realm for some reason. Uh, but for some strange reason, this is definitely looking Ascendant, but it's Callus' world. So I don't know the connections there. Maybe, maybe not. Now i got to listen to this again and think of Toland. A new mystery awaits you, God. All right. So before I go to that frame, but a new mystery. It doesn't quite sound like Toland, but I could see it being close. So still want to know who the narrator is, and I guess we're going to figure out. Awaits so, you, God. So a new mystery awaits you, and then this is probably what launches into be a boss hydra in whatever space we're going to be fighting in in the menagerie. So that's a short-lived little blip right there. It's probably your best piece. It probably looks like, when I say a hydra, like a boss hydra spawning in, and then he's going to have his shield spawns. Um, it also looks like in the background we have kind of this big triangle. Now, I don't know if this is going to be like a three-sided area where you're like, hey, do the boss on this side, go around, and then do this one, and then go around and do this one, and then go down in the middle to the menagerie. Maybe? Um, not entirely sure though how the boss setup's gonna be. What's up, M. MJ? How you doing? Uh, no, I will not be at M. Three or M. Three E. Three. So, Bill Nye. Yeah, that would be kind of cool, Bill Nye. Uh, so that looks like something spawning in. Speaker. Okay, now you guys are gonna make me watch this like six times. A new mystery awaits you, Guardian. Unique voice. I don't think we've heard it before. So Bungie with a very glorious-looking welcome. So to the season of opulence. So welcome to the season of opulence. One, we have the. It's an old warlock exotic. So, um, it's like astral something. Somebody will probably. I don't even remember what it does, honestly. Uh, but we've got this shotgun here that looks actually pretty cool. Definitely gonna be the one from. See, right now I think they're showing most of the gear that's gonna be coming from the menagerie. So you got this shotgun, exotics, you know, exotic armor is probably just gonna be randomly in the loot pool. But most of all, I think like this is gonna be the theme for the menagerie. You've got the purple kind of gems or coloring with the gold. I think the raid is gonna be a different look. I'm hoping at least. So season of opulence is here. Alright, so. Got a rocket launcher. They seem to be, like, touting rocket launchers because Truth is coming back, which you guys probably saw in the previous one. Um, I don't know if there's a specific reason. Maybe they're getting a buff or what, but we will definitely see. I'm trying to look at that one sideways. It looks like a Suros rocket launcher, but I don't know it's too specifically. I'm trying to see if we've seen... Okay, so I'm going to pause. Okay, so that's not a boss we've seen before, actually. That is the one who just kind of came down whatever its little things that it's shooting down below obviously cuz somebody's probably down there those are trippy looking um so you've got the vex i don't know what to call this guy um some type of mind but he's definitely unique looking and the fact that these little things are shooting out and actually tracking at you they look at like they look like baby little things from the matrix like the little um th- things that hunt you down so should be definitely interesting cuz this is a unique thing that's firing at you and a unique looking boss so not just a hydra kind of cool a little bit like argos yeah definitely vex related but again you're seeing the cal statues that's in here but the feel this is like a it's like a different paint scheme it's not just like gold didn't throw up in here it's a little darker so different colors What will you here. Th- th- So again the, there they are these little like, tentacle butt like flying going to probably have to hit him in the face you can probably hit him with one shot um but yeah, very, very specific-looking little mini-guys flying at you. Okay, so here's the second one. So this, we are definitely into a Minotaur. And this is where I wonder about the shields. Like, is the shield going to be, like, stationed around where you drop down into, like, the final fight area? Is this just going to be, like, what you fight for a boss? Astrocyte-verse, that was the exotic. Thank you, right? Um, multiple, multiple enemies or multiple guardians are up in the air. I'm hoping there's not, like, a grounded or a stay in the air mechanic that would be really rough but also can't figure out why there's so much like red lighting on the background too maybe it's just lighting for aesthetics or what but fighting a minotaur very specific situation there and then here very much more with the vex but this one's standing open this one doesn't seem to have the wall behind it unless it's just like just off a screen um of course dawnblade warlock there but this one's just standing on a circle so I don't know if this is the bottom area, if this Vault. is all the ways to work your way in. Treasure hunt. Now this this is straight up European dead zone, Scourge of the Past area, whatever. This is like EDZ. Really- now he's running through the powerful and weapons at, and all They have sparrows out here they're working on. It doesn't look like it's the European dead zone though. So I'm not entirely sure where we are, because I don't picture these specific buildings kind of anywhere. I mean the opening like it's kind of that first actual Trossland section but that building looks wrong so i don't think that's it either so this is kind of an interesting area because two are driving by two are right here so that's at least four people in the same space i'm not entirely sure um these will quit so here's more of that armor look that i was kind of talking about so you've got the blue gems kind of the gray undertones with the gold accents these are like that looks like that's definitely a new submachine gun boost your power level Alright, so, as he's been talking, I'll go and let the audio play now. What will you find in the Emperor's Lost Vaults? Treasure hunts will lead you to powerful... Okay, so they're saying this is in the Lake of Shadows area. That makes sense, so it's probably uh, floating rocks, but in Lake of Shadows could be a different area. Weapons and armor. These will quickly boost your power level. So talking about quickly boosting the power, you've got a guy holding an orb. So there will be orb running in here. We're back in Calus area, so this definitely seems to be a thing. And prepare you... And then this is... For the Menagerie. So this is the Menagerie. This is where I think the final area is, and I'm trying to see if you can... My hunch is we're going to drop down from above, and this is where the fight's going to be. Now, this will be the sixth person again. So you've got a lot of people running around. You've got one here, the guy who ran up, one there, one there, one over there. So this does seem to be the... A lot of stuff going on, clearing out enemies, fighting all this stuff could be interesting. So, hey. give it just a half a second. This season's all. Give like your clearing ads, you know. hands. 6 match-made activity. There again is a pretty good shot of Truth. If you guys haven't seen it before, that's you know the Activ- new version. Um, more of the armor, a couple little accents on there, but that is Truth, no question. I honestly like Truth. Used to have like three in the in the mag. If it doesn't have like multiple rockets in that magazine, I'm gonna. It's not gonna be the same gun. I know the tracking was cool, but like we need rockets with more than just one. I'm so tired of just one shot. Liberty. Rockets do seem to be in there. These look like hive feet for sure. So most of the races are probably going to be available to fight in there. And then we go through the quick rundown. Uh, unlock. Now that is definitely an ogre. If you've ever seen one. Yep, ogre stepping out of... I can't tell... It's blocking my view, and I can't look. So, staircase behind him. I can't tell where he's at. Obviously, they're doing this for a reason. You're good, MJ. Have a good one. Uh And choose the gear you earn. That is kind of one of the biggest questions I have for this, is choosing the gear that you earn seems to be very specific to... Uh, Probably a throwback to Black Armory. A lot of people like the fact that now, especially, when they open it up, if I want to go grind out a heavy weapon or I want to go get a machine gun or a bow or a hand cannon, I can go get that specific thing. If I can be like, especially if you're trying to level up and you're going to go grind the Menagerie and you're going to try and be, you know, working for a specific piece, if I can be like, hey, I need my drop today to be a class item or I need gauntlets, and you can actually go specific for that, by you know messing with your chalice um, or your chalice, that will be interesting. So that's the sword. There are two that we've seen. Um, that one used to be the warlock type, but that definitely looks like a titan holding it. Um, and they're definitely swinging away. So we've got Hive in this pretty open room. New gear, new quests, new six-player activity. Not all match made. You know, normal is, but heroic is not match made. New raid, and... Strong. That's the hand cannon everybody's saying looks exactly like IS Luna, so we'll be curious if that one... But again, I'm good on hand cannons. I've seen so many of them. I think somebody at Bomb a hand cannons. And then here's the best yeah. Prove your worth. Prove your worth. Um... So that's going to be the entrance to the raid. Obviously, you're not going to go solo the raid. Um, but generally, it does... Have a, it has the Kallus theme. It has the shape of the Leviathan ship, the big opening planet eater mouth thing. Um, but it also has a different tone. You see more kind of bones on the ground. It's not quite as clean. Things have been overrun. It's like, I don't know if people have tried to infest the ship, and now they're like, this is trashed, or this is just like the separate area where all these things are dying... I don't know, uh, I'm not definitely gonna claim to be a lore master by any stretch, but that is definitely your opening to the raid right there. So if you're looking for a shot, that one's pretty cool. There you go. All right, so that is basically what we got going here. Uh, come on, switch. I really did not want to. All right, so, as we go through, um, I'm going to break kind of pieces down where I see anything. See us Slayer, have a good one. All right, so Seed of Opulence is obviously going to bring new challenges, loot and lore, yes, yes, we know. Uh, Solstice of Heroes is the summer, Iron Bandle will be getting its quest, Pinnacle Weapons are coming... Uh, those who've got the annual pass, Benedict will be your guy because he was the guy before. So he's going to be the one dealing with all of the uh, Leviathan stuff. So, I finally remember the name of the ship. I was blanking on it during the previous part of that. So, Season of Opulence, this is mostly showing off the Menagerie. And I'm guessing you're going to either fall down and fight in this area. I don't think you're going to be coming into it because it seems like that would be a way to drop down for your final fight. Okay, everybody ready? Okay, let's go. So we have a full calendar here. This will be the final update to the Destiny 2 Forsaken gameplay calendar, showcasing all content introduced through Season of the Forge, Drifter, and Opulence. So what have we got so far? Just a quick recap of everything with the season. Um, all the seasons we've had with the annual pass. And again, 30 35 bucks. If you got it as a package, you know, for me it was 30 If you got it separate, it's $35. Um, they've given... Not everybody loves the way the content has been delivered in Drip Feed um you know the forges had their moments of ups and downs but they've given you two raids more than you get in any normal game they've given you a new activity in gambit prime reckoning which is kind of a horde mode they've done lore by invitations they've done the allegiance quest they've done multiple exotic quests so we had the outbreak perfected we had thorn we've had last word we've got two more coming You've got Solstice of Heroes for Armor to Grind 4. I don't even know what the Penumbral Chalice is. I don't think anybody knows quite there yet. And all of these pieces. Arc Week was a big letdown. Revelry was kind of meh. Arbalist is okay. I mean there are some ups and downs to the whole thing. But if you enjoy playing the game and it keeps you and you spend 35 bucks, did you have some new stuff to do over the course of the year? Yes, because I mean God of War to me is an amazing game. Sixty dollars is like it feels cheap for some games. And $60 for a price point for any game anymore, honestly, is something that you could have a giant debate about because games cost so much money to make. $60 is a steal. So, that being said, it's like you get all this for $35, it's not bad. It's really not. So, what do we have? Power increase, of course, we're going to $750. Vanity, we know Eververse is getting its overhaul. New rank rewards, sure. Uh, the exotic quest, we've got, not sure which one's going to be where, but we have Truth and Lumina. Solstice of Heroes in the End. And Iron Banner popping in and out throughout the season with its quest. Not sure how that one's going to be. Menagerie. That is your six-player matchmate activity. That is finally official. Crown of Sorrow for the raid. That will be coming June 4th. This will be June 4th as well. Get to a little more detail. Menagerie weapons and gear will be its own thing. The new raid will have its own weapons and gear, hopefully. So those will be its own. Exotic quests. we had new triumphs and lore books. And Penumbral Chalice is kind of the one thing they haven't really talked about at all. No idea. I think that's honestly just going to be the chalice you get. And then you craft the chalice to start, you know, basically all of the new content. Then you can go into the raid if you want to. But the chalice is the way you kind of steer what you're working on, I guess. I don't know. You craft and tweak and gems and runes and all that stuff. Should be interesting. Almost a little more RPG-like. Always something I want to see. Please, more RPG stuff. Please. So, we're there. Um, Then, we've got... Chalice would see you grow stronger through the Chalice of Opulence. Penumbral Chalice, I'm not sure if those are exactly the same, uh, which serves as Guardian's gateway to treasure in the Season of Opulence. Players who best the Menagerie, a six-player matchmate activity, will use the Chalice to create an offering of runes in exchange for specific weapons and armory that they seek. Over time, Guardians will be able to upgrade the Chalice and acquire more plentiful and powerful rewards. So... Um, Something with the chalice, gems, if there's going to be like a formula chart that, you know, some of the crazy raid secrets people make, where like, hey, put these gems in, you get this. Put these gems in, you get this. Maybe. I honestly don't know. But if there's certain gems or runes that you put in to your chalice to set it to a certain direction, you make that offering, a whole bunch of questions to how that's going to work. And honestly, no one's going to know until next week. All players who have completed the Forsaken campaign will be welcome to the Menagerie once. Now that's actually cool. The fact that you get to go one time if you completed the Forsaken campaign is pretty cool. As well as across access the Imperial Summons quest. So if you have Forsaken, but not the Annual Pass, apparently you might be able to try it once. Now the Power Surge gear at 690 will help you jump into the new content. I don't know if that's Annual Pass specific last season it was so it may very well be the same thing that the new quest is going to be for the annual pass as opposed to just owners of forsaken owners of the annual see and this is where they make those distinctions owners of the annual pass will see new menagerie bosses introduced throughout the first month of june concluding with the introduction of heroic difficulty matchmaking will be available for normal but heroic will require a pre-made fire team to take on the greater challenge Now, we're getting back into something different here. Sorry, how do you on? All players have access to who completed the Forsaken campaign. It's anybody who completed the Forsaken campaign, didn't do the annual pass, but that's that's a pretty open statement. If you got Forsaken, didn't do the annual pass, you're like, do I want to do anything? Maybe I haven't done anything yet. Try the annual pass once. That's the way I read that. Now, I'll be curious if that holds up as well as access the Imperial Summons quest. Now, the Imperial Summons quest is what, I guess, Callus is summoning us. We have to do the quest to put the chalice together, and then we can go. Uh, this will grant pl- players Power Surge gear at 690 across your account. They clarified that last week. The Power Surge gear is going to be across all account. You only have to do that quest once and to help them jump directly into the new season of content. That's pretty cool. Owners of the Annual Pass, and this is where they line this thing up, is specifically different. So, again, never know if that's going to be Annual Pass or not. I'm hoping they learn their lesson and just let more people jump up to that max level. Owners of the Annual Pass will see a new Menagerie boss introduced throughout the first... You know, see new Menagerie bosses introduced in the difficulty. So, Season of Opulence, kind of brief pictorial calendar. Menagerie and Crown of Sorrow drop on June 4th. So, depending on if you're doing the raid... Or if you're not doing the raid, you might go matchmake into the Menagerie and work on that instead. Now, the Crown of Sorrow is going to be the big achievement for everybody doing the raid race. But if you're like, I don't have a raid team, what am I going to do? Well, go into the Menagerie, check out the new stuff. Because that will be normal and matchmade for a good month. So you've got probably people who aren't doing the raid who are going to be in there figuring that one out. So if you're looking to do that, and again, I don't know if the Menagerie, if you do it once, is going to be worth like a higher level drop. Say, like, you know, Gambit Prime would be a plus 4 or plus 5 level drop. So doing that once might actually be worth it, depending on how much you prepped and grinded. Uh, So that might be something people are thinking about. Be like, hey, I'm saving all these bounties, turning all this stuff in, trying to decide if I'm going to run Shattered Throne for a couple of drops, or do you just go to the Menagerie and get that thing started? Don't know. Menagerie should be cool, though. It's match-made, so everybody can just jump in and check it out. Even if you jump in for, like, five minutes and be like, people don't know what they're doing. They're clueless. I'm not going to waste my time in here. You'll at least be able to go in. So. Now, don't waste your one time that you go in. Um, on just kind of like, hey, I want to see and then leave. Because if it's if you don't have the annual pass, don't waste that one if you actually do get to go. So then June 11th, we have a new Menagerie boss. Now, again, I don't know how the bosses are set up. We've seen a couple of them. Specifically that Vex one, a Minotaur. Um... And Ogre, it looks like those will be around. And the Truth Quest. Both of those launch a week after. That's quick for an exotic quest, actually. They're not spacing that stuff out very much. So, that one's coming quick. Uh, They're not introducing any new exotics for the raid. So, whatever you've got is what you're taking in. Then, uh, the new Menagerie boss on June 18th. And the Iron Banner quest. So, Iron Banner comes back two weeks later. And we've got the Iron Banner quest that's going to be... I don't know if it's going to be for an exotic, uh, legendary, if it's going to be kind of like the Wyzender Rebuke where you had all the kills to do, but maybe a better version of it, hopefully, where you don't have to just get kills for being underleveled. We'll see. But hopefully it's something like, hey, do you want to earn the specific thing? Do this, do these steps. Cool. June 25th, the Menagerie Heroic Mode launches. So that's where I guess we will have seen all the bosses we get the first, second, third. I don't know how many it starts with, but then it is going to introduce two more. And then we get Heroic Mode on the 25th. Now, July 2nd, two days before I leave for Guardian Con, the Lumina quest launches. Now, I don't know the length of that quest at all. Um, But that one specifically, people are saying, are wondering about Rose. It was a rumored hand cannon to go in this season. We already got Thorn. We got Last Word. And if you kind of meld your mind over this thing, these could be like petals of a rose kind of wrapping around the barrel of the gun. And then the yellow thorns are exactly that. The thorns of a rose. So maybe it's the rose. Maybe it's not Not entirely sure what that thing's all about. But we will definitely have to see what it does. I know it's another hand cannon. I'm even kind of tired of them too. Just because I know there's only so many archetypes. We have so many hand cannons exotic at this point. Yeah, I've got a ton. So that's July 2nd. Guardian Con is July when I fly out there, the 4th. And then it's the 5th and 6th. I'll be out there the 7th and 8th. I come back on the 9th. And that's when the Tribute Hall and Moments of Triumph launch. Now, they mentioned it a little lower, but it says you're going to be able to explore and complete the Tribute Hall and Moments of Triumph. I have no idea what that means. Uh, Is it going to be looking at your triumphs from your lore books? Is it going to be all of those things that you've done? Is it a way to see your progress in kind of a cool presented state by Kalos? Or is it like things you need to do to check boxes? And then is the Tribute Hall actually like an encounter? I don't have the foggiest idea what this thing is so i'm very very confused solstice of hero i know the picture down there is small but if you kind of want to zoom in you know take the picture and zoom in the armor looks cool looks like it has ornaments depending on what class you're on my only request and hopefully they learned if you're in the seat, if you're in like an event let me use the ornaments after that it is done like the the horns on the revelry armor the fact that those weren't usable after revelry was really annoying. There's no reason those shouldn't be there. So, hopefully those stay. Solstice is kind of cool. We'll get to that a little bit later. Each week owners of forsaken will be invited to explore the worlds of Destiny 2 in search of treasure. Benedict will have different objectives for you to complete during the hunt, leading to powerful rewards on your journey to 750. As we progress through season, the season more content will come to light. Quests will be uncovered leading to exotic gear. The Tribute Hall and Moments of Triumph become available to explore and to complete. Don't know what that means. You can explore them. You can complete them. Do you just go walk around them? Do you have to fight stuff in there? I really don't know. So, nobody does. Solstice of Heroes brings a time of celebration and new rewards and surprises in store. So, that is a quick rundown. Now we're going to go to the Season of Opulence page. Starting on the top again, just kind of as we did before. So, the trailer we've seen. So, if you look in the Menagerie, you see them kind of playing the trailer. You've got the hand cannon... You've got Truth playing through. You've got the Ogre climbing up. You've got what looks to be a Minotaur. Another Minotaur standing in a different place. Then we've also seen the Vex guy. So assembling your Chalice of Opulence, which is the specific Chalice, is just the first step. Chalice has crafted a maze of challenges. Now the maze is cool. And it even said replayability gives it some differences. So when you come down here, uh, challenges in this Lost Vaults, test your strength in the all-new six-player match made activity, the Menagerie. And meet his challenges, head on to unlock their rewards. So Leviathan Secrets confront new challenges of an unexplored deck of Kallus' massive ship. I mean, the thing is bigger than a planet, so of course it's there's plenty of places we haven't seen yet. Treasure awaits these little gems or lore nodes or whatever these things are. Um, Yeah, they're definitely a thing. So I don't know if they're going to be involved in specifically like putting in like a key code to be like, Hey, I'm going to go... These three purple ones, um Yeah, I don't know. So if you look at the Yeah, if you look at the gems, I can't quite tie a theme to any specific ones yet. But there is definitely probably gonna be some specific nature of like cause you have Vex, Cabal, Fallen, and Hive. You have four. So, taken maybe in there somewhere but you have four races, four colors of gems, that may mean something. Maybe the bl- maybe the blue gems drop from the hive, or who knows, but, you know, guessing completely. Replayability. Carve your way through an ever-changing path and enemies. Now, ever-changing is actually cool in theory. If you jump into a match made, and especially if it's heroic, you won't even have the same fight every time... Different paths, different bosses to fight, different sets of enemies you have to go through. If it is different every time, that is cool. That's one thing I think a lot of people have been waiting on. And that's what Infinite Forest actually could have been. Wasn't, but could have been. So, in the scheme of replayability, if it's, like, they say ever-changing paths. If it's not ever-changing, and this is just like, eh, kinda, that's gonna be a huge bummer. Because Infinite Forest could be cool too. We've seen the potential there. But it's very, very much underutilized, so if you have a maze of encounters if I have to go to the right this time and I fight the vex and last time I go hive and then I fight these and you either it, now if it's just like a different order you fight, that's kind of a bummer, but if it's like truly you fight these two and then you go fight the final boss so you fight these two areas and the final or, I don't know we'll see what the ever changing paths are how depth how much depth that actually has, but we will see honestly new raid as we've talked about. Um, we're going to know a lot about that one in the first day because people are going to be racing, racing that one big time. But the scale of the door entrance looks really cool with the six guardians standing down here at the bottom. So, those are there. New weapons and armor. Here's where we can kind of dive a little bit deeper. Um, so the ornate nature of the weapons, the gold and purple gems seem to be most of the things from the menagerie. At least from what I can tell. Now, Truth, Stand Up, obviously that's an exotic quest. We have two new swords, a tiny sidearm, shotgun, fusion rifle, hand cannon, sniper, submachine gun. Not a lot of primaries. No scouts, no pulses, no auto rifles. Those aren't even on here right now. And then to top the rest of everything off, um, we're missing things like rocket launchers and grenade launchers. So they picked a few specific ones to be up here. I don't know if some are going to come from Nazari, and then the other ones are going to come from the raid. We'll honestly just have to see. Um, snipers do seem to be a theme. They've got a sniper here. We'll cover it more in the pinnacle weapons and stuff like that. Snipers definitely be will be around. But you have the ornate nature of all of these things. The gold, the purple, and then you have one gray hand cannon in the middle. This is the one that has people questioning, is this like rose before it came thorn? Is this like are is this going to be like a quest item is this something we get that's just kind of an old school hand cannon has kind of the look of thorn if it wasn't like taken over by hive a little bit of barrels and things like that you can see some similarities like the angular shape in the front and stuff like that so there are some pieces that has a look to it but again we won't know it's probably going to be involved in some quest though we have a feeling Gameplay updates, Power Surge, we talked about that, getting up to 690. Iron Banner with its quest, uh, a new path, and then exotic armor and weapons. Armor will be probably dropping from all your engrams. And then weapons seem to all be coming from quests, at least most of them, probably except the raid and everything else. Pinnacle gear, the grinds that some of you guys do really enjoy. I've got quite a few of these now. So, first one we've got is the Revoker. Missed shots are returned to the magazine after a short duration. So, here's the question. How is there a cooldown on it? Does it matter how many you... If you, like... You have two when you start. Any special ammo, sniper rifle, unless you have two specials on, you will start with two shots. So if I, like, try and take two quick shots, bam, bam. And then I hide and cover, do I get both of those back if I missed both of them? And it says missed shots, specifically. Like, t- more than one are returned to the magazine after a short duration. That one... For one, hopefully it is, you know, snipers. Like, shout out to the skilled snipers out there. You guys just put me in my place all the time. It's impressive to watch. Um, Maybe this will be one of those things that gets people sniping more. I know in Recluse, pretty much all you had to do is get to 2100 and you got the weapon. I don't know if that's where they're going to make this one. Maybe there's like an upgraded level at Legend. But generally... Like, I, I don't think snipers are in a place that everybody loves. Mostly because of Flinch. Um... Yeah, somebody's basically saying, so the mulligan perk, uh, but maybe just like a like forever mulligan or something. I don't know. Like if you can always have to hit your shots or if any of you take a couple and then you wait and then you still at least get those ones that you missed back, that is a pretty valuable use of ammo because everybody knows they missed. Now, if you had a body, that's still a hit. But if you completely miss, maybe that's actually kind of cool. Uh the next one we've got is the Windigo GL3. Now orbs of light increase blast radius and damage. Now picking up an orb of light normally just refilling your ability, your super ability, cool. Um if you pick up orbs of light for one, what does it cap at? 3 stack, 5 stack. How long does it last? Do you pick up orbs of light and then have to turn out on fire or do you just have this pending charge that you get one shot out? That's like really big and powerful. Um the question would be like, depending on how long it lasts, what you can do to Riven right now with Prospector is insane. Sit in a Luna faction well, just dump Prospector into her, and she's pretty much gonna die. And that's just like not having to stop firing a grenade launcher. So the question is, if say somebody, you know, popped a super a well of radiance, for example, and you they made a couple orbs of light, or they tethered some enemies, and you could get the orbs before you start shooting the bus. Will you actually have that damage for one shot? Will it be multiple? How long will it last? If you sit in a Luna Faction well, with the damage and blast radius boost, like how powerful are you going to be? It has potential, but again, it all depends on how the perk is going to work. Is it time limited? Does it stack? Does it wait until you actually use it? Is it just one shot? Or is it going to last from the first shot until you fire, like, say, three or four? What is the cap and what are the limitations of that perk? Because in theory, it could get really stupid and crazy overpowered. But I'm sure they accounted for that. So the question will be what exactly um, their way to tweak and kind of rein that one in from not being ridiculous. The final one has me questioning how really good it's going to be. Hush. Hip-fired precision shots give a massive draw speed bonus. Now, if you think about a bow, draw speed is kind of one of those things for you to be able to fire quickly. But if you need a hip-fire precision shot... That's probably one you're not going to do at crazy range. Like a hip-fire precision shot, you can get some if you're like firing at an ogre or firing at whatever. But if you're like hip-firing precision shots at an ogre face, cool. You could probably actually pump those out fairly quickly. If you're doing at a thrall across the map, you need to zoom in. You just do. So precision shots from hip-fire is not going to be an easy thing to do unless you're firing at something with a slightly larger head and not a shield. Of course, precision doesn't hit that way. But it will give a massive draw speed bonus for, again, the bigger question is, what is the perk? How long does it last? If you keep hitting those, will it stack? Maybe it'll go even faster. Um, I mean, bows are powerful kind of in their own way. It's not something I ever expected to see come into Destiny. But since they've come in, I've definitely used them in some very specific pots spots with um, quite a bit of success. Like Shattered Throne, I do a lot of that with my Subtle Calamity. I've seen people work me with a bow in crucible. And when I was doing my comp grind for Luna's, there were two people with bows at like fabled comp, just using those like consistently. And I was kind of scared and impressed at the same time, because anybody who's using a bow in comp probably knows what the hell they're doing with it. So all you really need is to, I mean, you take one shot with a bow and your three quarters of health is gone. You need to get looked at wrong and you're dead again. They don't even have to do anything but hit you in the toe, the kneecap, Doesn't matter. If they hit you with, like, one decent shot with a bow, you're done. So, bows in theory can be good, but I also don't see myself, like, precision hip-firing a ton. So, I gotta see how that dynamic plays out, what the quest is gonna be like on some of these as well. I mean, on, you know, for Vanguard, what do you do to do the pinnacle weapon for the Vanguard? Well, I go around and I did strikes. Woo. For Crucible this time, it was just get 2100. Really not that difficult. What was it like to get, you know... Uh, you had to reset your revel or you had to reset your infamy to get twenty one percent delirium. That was mostly it, along with like games and wins and stuff. But that one happened long before my reset. So mostly, what I can see here is stuff that has cool potential. I'm just kind of curious how it actually pans out. I mean, if you have infinite mulligan on revoker, baby. Uh, how long the perk lasts for the bonus damage and blast radius might be really fun in both PVE and PVP. PVP is going to be harder unless it just holds on. So I can see that one being a little more specific. And Hush, I've really just got to see how it feels. Because precision shots with a bow from your hip are not the easiest thing. They're doable, but it just depends on your range and really what you're going for. You're not going to be sniping from the hip, let's just say that. So those are your pinnacle weapons you get to look forward to. Quite a bit of stuff. And then we finally come down here to Season uh sol- blah, Solstice of Heroes. My bad. So the Summer Solstice is, what, like June 21st or June 22nd. And this starts, I think... The end of July. So they're about a month off for name but that's still fine. So you pursue the Solstice Armor. Cool. Um But creating elemental orbs by matching your elemental damage to the daily element. That was kind of a thing they had going before. I don't know if it's like you had your Solstice thing that you had to run and maybe it's just a daily element that's like overall in the universe now. Collecting 30 orbs gains an empowerment buff and then maybe if you're going through activities they might get easier. So... You know, spend your time in the Castellum in Leviathan. I'm using this as an example. Um, Collect your 30 orbs, and then if you go into the next encounter, well, guess what? You're probably going to be going in a little buffed. So, things like that could be cool in Strikes. I could see it in Nightfalls, missions, stuff like that. Very hard to specifically get 30 orbs. Probably not going to be applicable in PvP, because they don't want to break that again, I'm very sure. (sighs) Huh. But in raids, I could see, could get interesting at least. So raids could be fun. You work on a basic encounter, you get empowered, and then you have like a buff. Again, it's a way for them to have fun in the final month of a a year. We don't know what comes in September. By the time this comes out, we're probably going to know what's coming in September, by the way. Because this is going to be July 30th. And they're going to be just about one month away from the start of September. That's when we don't know anything else about the content. So, I mean, you take July 30th on a calendar. July 30th is when Solstice of Heroes starts. Because you've got the calendar back on my other page. So yeah, Solstice of Heroes starts July 30th. So, and you've got July 30th, which would be one, two, three, four resets, potentially if it has to stop on the 27th. Or if they go through, say, September 3rd would be the final, you know, couple days of September. Somewhere there is where this season stops. And that's all we know at this point. Yeah, it's like E3 may be where they reveal September. They may do it beforehand. Um, So all of those pieces are kind of the big question at this point as to really what is going on with... That's, I think, the biggest question. Like, the raids are going to be cool. Menagerie could be fun. Solstice of Heroes is, you know, cool-looking armor as long as you get to hold on to it. Pinnacles might be cool. But at this point, we've got, you know, we've got time. And we've got about three months. And what they said before on their previous blog post, if I can go find it real quick, since you guys are with me this far. Uh, Season of Opulence Overview. That one's here that's those two pages but the big one is what comes next and at the bottom last time they stated as follows right now our focus is on opulence but after the season has launched which is in a week and the raid belts have been awarded we'll be looking deeper into our future and be sharing with you more about a new era for bungie and destiny 2 now i know we talked about it a little in the podcast but that line is very specific one Deej wrote this one. Deej doesn't come out for these very often, unless everybody's just on vacation. Don't know. But Deej is always very specific with his word choice. He knows what to say. He knows what not to say. Um, and if he says specifically a new area for Bungie and Destiny 2, some more of Destiny 2 is coming in the fall. We can just assume that. Whether it's another annual pass, whether it's a front-loaded annual pass with a little, like, bump. Maybe it's, like, a 30 or $40 content. You get a little, like, cool story blip here. You get some stuff to trickle out over the year, and then they're working on whatever comes next. Well, that next year, I don't have high expectations for it. I've already said this, and I don't... I, it can be enough to where it'd be like, hey, if we get 500,000 people to buy a season pass, and we do the math on it, you know... 500,000 people buy a season pass for, you know, 30 bucks. It's $15 million. It's really not that much. (laughs) I know you guys are like, that's crazy. That can't be right math. $50,000 or 500,000 people to spend 30 bucks. Yeah, if they get half a million people to buy an an annual pass for this game, um, 15 million bucks for a little influx of cash, they're going to need something. Now, whether it's 30, whether it's 40, whether it's a full content drop, do they do a September drop? The annual pass is what they people have come to expect now. People get the, the weekly new shot of Destiny 2, but some people are also tiring out of this. And I'm wondering what their expectations... What data do they see? Do people play on the things when new things come out and then drop off hardcore? Uh, is this season going to be... What have the season pass done? Forsaken was amazing. Like, Forsaken was such a great piece of content... Um, to basically turn around and say we don't know what's coming next but if it's not at forsaken level and it doesn't and it costs like a full amount it's hard because for us we got a new destination the tangled shore campaign with aldrin then we went to the dreaming city and stuff just got crazier so the way it was handled was really really well done for forsaken we got a lot of content a lot of story missions like two completely different destinations adding on to the world But there's something people have been talking about a lot recently. And this is anybody who's still in Twitch hanging with me on this one. Our leveling, the way we level, I mean, and we keep doing this stuff over and over, is we've got Dreaming City to get little bits of gear. We've got, you know, Nightfalls that we've run and we haven't seen new strikes in a while. We've got Gambit, which has got Gambit and Gambit Prime, but that doesn't seem to probably be changing. Reckoning will probably still stay. Uh, All of those pieces are the ways we level up. But people are getting tired of the way we level up. Because honestly, you look through. There's a graphic out there. I've seen people doing this insanity. Uh, Pinnacle raid. There we go. Um, And people have made some awesome graphics. Of what it takes to get ready for the raid. And this is... Kind of bananas. Now, shout out to the guy who did the graphic. I'm not entirely sure. But this is kind of nuts. So it's like, what you're able to do, but it's all stuff we've done before. Like, this is how some people are planning to get ready for the raid in six hours. So pre-raid, pre-raid. So you've got, no, like, you know, seven of these, Um, you know, Dreaming City Bounties. You've got Three clan engrams so you can get your clan boost up and get that one done. You've got bounties done for your forges. So you've got those to turn in for a character. Half through the blind well. Literally halfway done with the blind well. Because the blind well isn't what gives you the gear. But you'll be halfway done. So then if you run the blind well and a tier 4 basically blind well with the um, heroic version. You'll be done. You'll be able to go to Mara's throne. You'll get your gear there. So that's a piece. Um You've got an Invitation of the Nine that people are going to pick up but then therefore not, you know, and go through the quest line on other characters but then not do until they actually, like, are ready to go. You've got um, all of these things. Make sure you have enough tinctures. Make sure you have enough to do the wanted bounty on every character. But this is stuff we have all been doing for a long time. Like, go do your 100,000 Nightfall run. Same strikes we've seen for a while. Go do your Nightfall run, same strikes we've seen for a while. Go do your wanted bounties that aren't due, your clan bounties, your Dreaming City missions, your weapon frames. This is all it takes. I mean, this is an insane list, by the way. Um, And this is the extreme. But at this point, you've got, you know, daily rewards and weekly rewards. And it's all the things that we do a lot of the time. And it's one of those things that it's... A lot of people are getting tired of doing the same stuff. And it's one of those things, but the power grind is the biggest issue. Yeah, I mean, Mish- Mishari, I completely agree, and I think that's the one that you know is turning some people off. It's like, going up to 750 again, it's like, okay, well for me to get max level to go take on the heroic um, menagerie, I probably need to be 740 by the time that thing comes out, which means I need to play a lot, you know, split my time between characters, which means playing Strikes and Crucible and Gambit. All the things we've been doing for months and months and months over and over to keep leveling these characters up to 700. So at this point, it's kind of people... If you look at this chart... I mean, I've seen people like the Imtash and Kakis and some people are like, hey, I don't mind the grind. But it's also, if you look at this, it's stuff that... I mean, they've added stuff to it. We now have Gambit Prime. We now have Reckoning. We now have the weapon, you know, frames as well. Um, but in turn... It's just like we are seeing the same stuff. You can zoom in. Silver frame to claim armor drop without burning a powerful weapon simultaneously. Um, complete necessary weapon frame. Silver flame to claim armor drop without burning a powerful weapon frame. But you've got like the wanted bounties you're going to do. You've got your invitation nine that people are going to save on characters. Pick it up over the weekend, but then do it on Tuesday to make sure you can go and then have it ready and then go get your powerful gear by seeing the little lore segment. I mean, you've got people doing stuff like this. So, I mean, this weekend between Xur and then the Invitation and all those things that you're going to be doing, uh, complete Nightfall. It's just two runs. I'm not entirely sure why you would do two. Uh, maybe just do it separately so they don't drop at the same time. Do a low score, and do a high score. Claim the Invitation. Complete your second powerful frame. All of these things, and even like, you know, exotic quests that you haven't finished on other characters... These are all the things it takes to get into this. And we're going up for another 50 levels, which, you know, I'm tired of having to go up 50 levels. If they just gave us more content. But again, I feel like they have to do the level increase to make the raid, how do I say, a challenge? Because they're doing it very specific. This time, when you go fight Crown of Sorrow, 700 is where you start, 720 in that... Because they want that challenge to be very, very specific. They want you to be this far below the encounter... (laughs) They want these things to be hard. I'm going to have the whole next week off. I'm not sure I'm going for day one completion. And that's kind of thing a lot of people is like, if you're not going for day one, that's okay. I would... It'd be nice to be part of the 24-hour crew because that's probably going to be crazy. I mean, 24 hours on Scourge doesn't seem quite as insane. And especially because in the 24 hours, if you are able to get the emblem, you did the same thing everybody else did. They didn't get it at a higher level. They might have in 24 hours. So it's like... That's the point, if you want to go for the 24 hours, is it worth your time to like burn through all that stuff and then grind, or is it your, like worth it for you to, you know, you have six hours, what you can do in six hours, or what could you do in 12 hours, get some sleep, wake up, and then see if people have figured stuff out, and then try it. So I mean, there are different thoughts about this whole thing, I don't know how deep I'm going to go on that this week, we'll see how much time I've got to put into it, but all in all, um, I mean, Season of Opulence looks cool. I think they're giving us a decent amount of stuff. I definitely would say we've got a lot of um, questions to know how cool the Menagerie is going to be. But I think the bigger question is going to be like... So it's Menagerie, Menagerie, Menagerie Heroic and two exotic quests is mostly what we see. What did we get with you know the previous season? We got Gambit Prime, which was a different mode for Gambit, so something you've played before. You got the Reckoning at different tiers. That's like the Menagerie with different bosses and then a different difficulty. And then we didn't get a raid last season. We do get one this season. We got a couple quests. Um, Arc Week was a letdown. The Revelry was pretty mediocre. I mean, it was. I mean, people got up to like level 500 for fun, but there wasn't much of a point. So, again, it feels similar, I would say. We do have a raid, though, this time. We have less story, though, because we don't have the allegiance quest between Vanguard and Drifter. So you're going to have those two being a thing uh, and not being there. And you don't have Invitations of the Nine. So this one looks like if Menagerie is cool and we, we're trading Raid basically for lore is how this one sounds. Because uh, Invitations to the Nine was nine weeks of lore. And they were pretty minimal, but I mean, we get an idea and that's a huge tease of what's coming down the road. Triangle ships, I still think, are a ways off for something like D3. I don't want them to introduce that in the fall because I think it would be too soon. I would be curious if they did something with Aldrin in the fall. That would definitely throw everybody for a loop. But we're getting a raid and we're not getting nearly as much lore. Now, the Menagerie is probably going to have its own lore to it. Uh, You've got the Tribute Hall and Moments of Triumph, which may just, you know, take all the lore and shove it right in there. Not entirely sure, but... It feels like a similar amount of content. Um, Black Armory, probably with like the four different forges, they got to be similar as well. So, I mean, each thing that we've seen, it's like Reckoning Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3. Well, we do Tier 1 and Tier 2 to get to Tier 3, so you got one little addition. Um, the forges, you had different locations and different bosses you'd fight. And then you had the crazy Niobe Labs kind of puzzle, which was just unlocking another forge. But the forges themselves weren't different. In here, again, are you going to go through the maze, fight different sets of enemies and waves, and then unlock a boss, and then do it again? I don't know, but it is like, we're wondering at the point where Destiny is a point for me, and this is just me speaking by myself, and you guys can agree or not, it's totally up to you. But for me, when it comes to Destiny, I think we're starting to see, like, a lot of the types of content that we're going to see. Do we have the, the Forge, like a Horde mode? Do we have the menagerie, kind of like a procedurally made boss? Do we have the um, the raids of the encounters? The raids are usually cool because the encounters are creative and fun and they look cool. And we've got exotic quests they are usually shoot this, go here, do these things, hit these qualifiers, or truth is going to be explode everything with rockets. And we get to a point to where... Destiny needs a, like a major change from what it's in in Destiny 2. Destiny 3... The rumor the one random rumor that I heard at one point was that it was gonna be more RPG focused. Maybe it does get into stats. Maybe the skill trees have more depth. Um and Maybe they can do different things with the grinding and leveling and armor sets and stuff like they've te- like armor sets. We saw them in Gambit, okay? Or in Gambit Prime. You could use the set that you get in reckoning is only beneficial for Gambit Prime. Like that is a huge issue. In the fact that it took one work, one activity, you can't even be like, hey, I got my set from the Reckoning Tier 3. I can't even be better in the Reckoning. It doesn't give me a boost within the activity I got it in. At least you should make that loop more viable. So if I go get a Tier 3 Helm, hey, Tier 3 Helm, you've got... more damage and if you get to the point where you have 25% more damage or 25% more resilience or whatever from getting all these things stacking up that might actually be cool to say hey if I do wear my set here it's also beneficial instead of one directory bubble and that's it so for me it's kind of the point where I'm pretty ready to see what D3 has to offer because when it comes to the ships when it comes to um like the Triangle Ships, that's a huge question mark. That's one that I really, really, really want to know. Um, Yeah, I mean, Mashari here in chat saying everything from Forsaken from D2 has been Horde Mode, Escalation Protocol, Blindwell, Forges, Reckoning, and now it's a six-man Horde Mode, most likely. So it's like, we've had our variations on Horde Mode, and again, but it is like, it is a looter-shooter quest. I mean, you're going to be facing a ton of enemies. So it's the question of, do you enjoy some of the changes they're making? Do the gems to grind for a specific the gems or runes or whatever's up with the chalice, like grinding for a specific gears. That gonna make this better if like, hey, it's like I want to work on boots. I want to grind out those. Okay, I could change up my chalice and go for those. Maybe, maybe I don't know, um. But I think they need more when it comes to things to grind for. If I just get like set of armor with randomness on it, that's one thing, and that's where wearing. Like, you know, if you have five pieces of the Menagerie set and actually does you good in there, that would be something they need to do. Like, the perks can be a thing and be like, hey, I got another Menagerie helm. I can switch it up, but I still have my set bonus. Like, that's set bonuses, like, in Division 2 where you have, like, your Lone Star set and your Patriot set. Like, having those have random rolls and the sets is already pretty tough because you have to be like, hey, I need a Lone Star helm with this. Like, the math on that is bananas broken. So if at least the set bonuses work for, hey, I'm wearing five pieces of Menagerie armor, I get a bonus in the Menagerie for doing that. That would be also a way to make Heroic Mode, the grinded normal, Heroic Mode more viable because your set bonus would help you. That would be a thing that is like, hey, am I going to spend time in Menagerie? Hell yeah, because I want my full set to go take on Heroic when it launches on June 25th. Sweet. Raid perks, like, where are those? Those things as well are pieces that we need, but also it's like, How do I want to play my character? Apparently, this is just going to go into a giant rant about Destiny 2. So, sorry for everybody who's still here, but you're here with me. So, Um, how do I want to play my character? The skill trees now are so, like, linear focused. You do. Middle tree gets one super. Okay. Um, And then the top and bottom are the old super. Now, they have some tweaks to those. But generally, like, take the middle one. Way of a thousand cuts. You have one way to play that. You have a different grenade, and you you get a melee in there. You get a throwing knife, but you have a grenade and a wall that never changes. Like, what if I didn't care about my damn dodge? What if I wanted two grenades? Hello, you know. What if that was a completely different way to play a hunter? Two different grenades instead of a dodge for the reload, and you sacrifice that. What if, like, you know, you pick your super as we used to, um... And maybe you pick your super variation, maybe like this one, this one, or this one. Maybe you pick the six shot, maybe you pick the three shot, maybe you play the way of a thousand cuts. And this is stuff that might be September, and this is the stuff I'm hoping is September, October, whenever the next thing launches, that it needs to be, the game needs more depth. We have like breadth or width, but it's shallow. Because it'd be like, I can pick three different classes, or three different subclasses, but they're all there's no changing, there's no variance. I can't be like, hey, I want this tweak here, this tweak here, this tweak here, this tweak here. There's not like a skill tree in subclasses. It's just like, you get to run in this one little tree. That's it. You can pick Solar Void or Arc, and whatever super you have has the perks that tie with it. That is all you can do. Um, so things like that would be a way to mix things up. Now, is that an easy thing to create? No, never said it would be. And that may be something that I'm waiting for D3. Because September is honestly probably not going to be something to expect for a drastic change like that. Um, Now, something they could do in September as they added... Because Forsaken, they added the new supers. Now, if they added, like, skill tree bubbles or customization to the skill trees in the fall, that would be kind of cool, but I still expect that more in Destiny 3 or whatever the future holds. And we're going to see about E3 and, you know, the future of Destiny 2. They specifically said Destiny 2, and that's why I still think the next year through probably September of 2020 is going to be destiny two so when destiny three launches that's what i want that's what i want to see like i know people hated before it's like you had to level up your gun but man like now i just get a per i get one with perks i'm like that's nah, fine i mean using a gun for a while and getting good at it and then unlocking those bubbles i mean that actually made you really play with that gun a lot and then when you unlock the perk you're like oh sweet i got those perks Cool, now I can use it for a while, and then I level up. I live with this gun for a while. This is my baby, and then I've unlocked all the perks, and I'm good to go. Um, I wasn't... There are ups and downs to that. I'm not saying I want it back completely, but there are some perks to getting something out of just using your gun. Like, I have 30,000 kills with my Go Figure, or more at this point. Um, the fact that I can't do anything to that gun by using it that much is kind of a lost opportunity. Whether it's a skin, whether it's a... Uh, you know, all those things. Armor perks and for our big man and Forsaken. Yeah, I mean you have ability to pick up more ammo, ability to hold more ammo, and ability to move your weapons, but you don't get anything with relation to Yeah, the armor perks and Forsaken are like your resistance. I'm going, come on. I mean, I have not spent the enhancement cores to max out a set of armor unless I was just doing it to see how much it cost. And I did. I was curious. But it takes a lot of money. It takes, I think, nine shards It takes ninety six shards. I know that at least ninety six uh, enhancement cores. I'm sorry, to max out an entire loadout: three weapons and five pieces of armor. Ninety six enhancement cores. People already don't like them enough, and I've been down this rant before. But like the infusion versus enhancement, that doesn't that doesn't bode so well because people don't want to enhance something. Waiting on other other stuff like that. So, we're at a point to where I miss raid perks being on raid armor. Raid mods are so much more boring. Rarely drop alternative. Yeah. I mean, raid mods especially. Like I mean, people are just saying, oh, what the raid? And heavy ammo, too. I can just go on and on, which I probably don't need to do, because this has already probably been a pretty long rant. Yeah, we're coming up on right at about an hour. So, I mean, there are... Right now is Forsaken, a cool season, of, like, season pass that you got. With Forsaken, the annual pass, which I bought for... I don't know, 90 bucks, I think. I forget what I bought the package for because I'm sure the whole thing's a deal now. But if you got the full annual pass and you've been playing this game and kind of even jumping back in for new seasons and stuff, do you think you got that much content? I absolutely think so because games are underpriced as they are. And this season is going to give you a new six-player match made, normal difficulty mode. Heroic is going to be like the next tier. Maybe there's something special in there. Uh, Season of, you know... Season of Opulence at least did bring a raid back this time. So you got two new raids as well. We've never had two raids in three raids an entire year. We got Last Wish, Scourge of the Past, and now I've got Crown of Sorrow. Never in a year have we had three raids. Ever. We had Vault of Glass and Crota. We had King's Fall that next year after. We had Wrath of the Machine the year after that. And then we had Leviathan with its two lairs. So, I guess if you want to count the lairs that way, with the expansions of Warmind, those two, that's probably the closest we've been. But we got three decent... I mean, Scourge isn't the longest raid in the world. got beat pretty quickly. But, in general, we're getting three raids. That's the most they've ever given us in a season, and that alone should mean something to some people. Um. So, I think it's been an- a fairly priced piece of content, and honestly, underpriced, because... I know games be like, "Hey, every game should cost $60 or I'm just going to wait on Steam for it to be $20 or whatever it's going to be." Like, yeah, you can wait and it's short, but the amount of money that these games cost anymore is so cheap in comparison. Nintendo 64 games or I think it was N64, they were like 70 or 80 bucks, and we're at, we're still at 60. So, there's a point where something's got to give, and there's a point where you need to evaluate like how much time do you get out of something? Like you're going to go spend, how much time do you get out of a movie? Two hours. Okay. So if you put four movies together, maybe 15 bucks a movie. If you go do that experience, you're going to get like eight hours of content. Now some games are eight hours. Like Uncharted is probably like 10 or 14 or something like that. Um, That was even four, but maybe a 10 hour story game. And that's a story and that's like a movie. But the production value and things that go in those is so much harder. So then when you come back and you look at Destiny and how much we get, Now, there are certain things I wish would be coming in, at least in September. When you think about vendor refresh, that needs to be something substantial. And if it's like, hey, September's like 40, say September's 50 bucks. I'm still going to buy the damn thing. Um, Like vendor refreshes for like random rolls in there. You have a lot of gear. You have a lot of weapons and stuff there. Like new weapons, new mods, new perks on armor, things like that. I would like to see them experiment with. So they really kind of iron out these little test phases of like, we did one armor set. Now if we don't get an armor set in Season of Opulence, that's gonna be really kinda of sad. Because the armor sets have really cool potential for the grind, and if they're not there, yeah. <laughs> I exactly. Levit live, live Leventa, kept wanting to say Leventana. It's not a window. Um yeah, people go buy a pizza for ten bucks, and you know, they get their money's worth out of one meal. And how long do you play this $30, 35 dollars worth of content? Hours and hours and hours and hours. So I think they've given us a lot. And to Bungie's credit, they are in a completely new space for them because they don't have a backer, per se in Activision, a publisher as well. But they've also got they've got NetEase. We don't know what's going on with that. We don't know if they invested, you know, hundred million dollars into them to make a separate game, because Bungie's like, hey, we can do this, or NetEase is like, we're gonna back you as you, you know, gain your independence that costs you $160 million and we're going to help cover that, and we're going to be here to be then in between, but we're now an investor in this game. So we don't know what their financial balance sheet looks like. I don't know how long they can last without putting out content. So my whole thing about saying, hey, if you don't do anything in September or even the next year and you come back, does Bungie have the money to take a year off of not putting anything out but just go hell or just absolutely hardcore into D3? In my mind, maybe. I don't honestly know, like, how much they could use. But, D3 is, I think, where the big changes that I want to see have the chance to happen. Can a vendor refresh happen in September? Maybe. Can maybe some armor tweaks happen in there? Maybe. But are you really going to completely throw subclasses in upheaval? Are hunters ever going to feel like, you know, agile, nimble hunters? Are you actually going to have classes that truly feel different? I think that stuff is going to be a while and to me it's going to be one of those pieces that i think um, all in all the the sp- people are getting burned down on destiny because of it always being in the forefront but it's in the forefront in these like you know little pieces the menagerie and the raid will be cool and then most people will probably fall off and you'll see it on twitch like bounce up for the raid and then fall down to its typical area cuz there's still decent sized people who play it I mean, you'll have Dad will log on and have like a 1,000 people just to watch him. And he's going to do his Tuesdays. So, I mean, there are those pieces. But I think the big changes, something that can take Destiny to what I think a lot of people really do want. Um, And maybe it's just going to be the Destiny universe or just, you know, go back to whatever. I don't know how they do it. But whatever big, big, whenever the space Doritos come, shout out to Tefty or whoever I heard that from or Rabbit. The black triangle ships. Whenever those come, I want that game to be completely different. I want Earth blown up. Not really. But the vault's going to have to go because you're going to have to clear everything out. I want to leave everything behind. I don't want to bring anything to the future. Now, subclasses you might have some more variations on. I want subclass trees, things like that. All of those things come when something completely wipes the wipes the slate clean. But for now, whatever is going to come now and whatever is going to come in September, I if it's a Rise of Iron size thing not a Forsaken-sized thing, and we get something like the Plaguelands or we get, you know, an expansion to the other side of Nessus. Um, you know, you, you open up some of the planets a little more and you give some missions on there and then you have some drip feed and stuff. I don't know how that sets with people. I really don't. I'm not sure if if you do um, the drip feed for another year if people are like, I am so tired of Destiny. I don't even care about a third. And this is the debate Cognito and I have all the time of if you take a break, do you want to come back or do you forget about it and you move on and you get hooked on something else? Now, everybody's going to be different. Cognito in his preference says, hey, if I leave and I go get hooked on something else, I'm not going to want to come back. Now, Destiny, for most people who would either listen to this or do a podcast about it or watch the videos or play it as much as many of us do with 500,000 hours, you're not going to forget about it. And if it takes a break and be like, hey, we want to take a year off. We want to put everything we can into this. We're going to have the live team give you guys the iron banners and the seasonal updates. But that's honestly what we're going to do for the next year. You know, you guys can grind out what you're looking for. We'll let you guys work on your triumphs and seals and things like that. But honestly, we want to make D3 its own thing. And we need your time to do that. And that's been my opinion. Is I would be okay with that. Because for one, give me time to play other things. Because I miss a lot of stuff. Two... Um, yeah. And it's just one of those that I know it's one that I know I will come back to. Um, but for me taking the break, just like, it's okay to just clear your head. Like you ever worked on a puzzle, a stupid, anything for so long. You're like, damn it. I'm not going to figure this out. You leave, you sleep, you come back, you knock it out the next time. It's clearing your head, getting what, like, you know, how good does a bungee shooter feel? They're better than all of them. Like, Bungie is so amazing at that. They really, really are. So, if you take that, you clear your head, and you're like, Hey, I've been going to play Borderlands, or I played Call of Duty, or I tried different shooters, or whatever it is, and then they were launched D3 with the damn good gameplay that we know they do. Still feels good. D1 and D2 may have done things differently, but the guns still feel amazing. So, if it comes back with that proper gameplay, a little more depth than RPG mechanics, and nothing from the other games, because the entire universe exploded and we're now out fighting in space, that would be one of those things. So, but can you really leave and come back now? Time-gated content like Faction Rally and Catalyst. So, Mishari, I would say, like, right now they're forcing it to you, because, like, Faction rallies and Catalyst and things like that, can you leave and come back For time-gated things. Within D2, you can decide to play or not. So, like, that's what I was saying. With this season or whatever they do for the future. But I'm just saying, like, if you do step away, like, okay, then the question is, is D3 going to blow up your vault? Do you really care about D2 enough to know, like, is it going to last? Is it going to be there? Are they going to carry into the future? Supposedly, the Catalysts are coming back. I don't think the Faction Rally itself is coming back. I think the Catalysts are just coming back somewhere. So I mean, when those drop admissions drop, yeah, you come back. But I mean, that's kind of the point of clear. Is, I'm just trying to get back to my point of just like clearing your head of be like, hey, I play Destiny all the time. Oh, I've been doing the same strikes over and over. Take sense six months, come back and be like, hey, the strike feels, you know, I know the strike, but at least the gameplay feels fresh. And I think that's something Destiny could use, but I don't know how they manage that again when it comes to the income and the finances and things like that. So that's why I think like it may be an annual pass, and that's what I was saying. If it's a small annual pass, if it's like little drip feed stuff here, a little live team is working on adding pieces here and there. It's not anything too drastic when the whole team's probably working on D three. Like those are huge, huge releases. Like D three or whatever is next is gonna be like so so big. And so much of that studio is working on it. But occasionally, and this is the point of the live service game, people always expect more and expect more and expect more. I mean, you hear about Epic just absolutely. When it comes to Fortnite, I mean, the crunch that people have been going through, like the hours they've been working, and Bungie doesn't want to do that. And I would rather them be able to have the time to do what they want to do correctly with people who enjoy their jobs, as opposed to being a greedy consumer like I want, I want more, 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 more. When I can't find a way to be like occupy my other time than saying this game isn't satisfying my needs, I need to have more and more. Like that's the problem is because we're in a we're in a mentality now that says like I don't care about others who make the game. I only want my satisfaction. Apparently, I'm gonna get really existential now too. I think I might have to throw this up on the podcast for audio because that's pretty much what you guys are doing right now is just listening to me talk. So this is definitely a talking head video. But I think at this point, you guys could probably see my face. So, I mean, we're at a point where you hear about the grind that they've been putting through and be like, oh, you have to put out this next season and this next season and this next season for Fortnite. And those people are absolutely killing themselves. Now, is it popular and Insanely Big? Yeah. Because people don't have, have the attention span of a squirrel. And you always have to give them something new. Hello. Um, and that's one of those things is like, you have Call of Duties that just keep coming year after year. And you hear what happened there. Now the other studio for Treyarch has kind of come back and do another Black Ops. Because whatever happened for 2020, because Modern Warfare is coming next... Potentially is what's been rumored. And what comes after that is now got to get almost like revamped and remade because they're not happy with what's there. So what'd you say, said Fred? Uh, I don't want to see a return to any weapons from the previous game. Check. I agree. I understand some of these weapons returning, but I don't need D3 having a repeat of bringing all these weapons. Yeah, I want all new stuff in D3. You can't... You cannot... I don't care about... Nostalgia fine. And I didn't even have the chance to play D1 like everyone else, but hearing about all these weapons returning takes the excitement out of them. It's like, yeah, so if you got... Truth coming back. Okay, if you haven't seen it before, it's new to you, but it's not new to everybody. Um, I mean, Lumina looks unique. It's another hand cannon, but, you know, at least it's new. Problem with this game isn't being burnt out because of time-soaked. It's because every time I come back, I'm coming back to the exact same content to access new stuff. And I think that's that's one of the keys. And I think that's why, if they can't figure out a way to change, like, the way you level or the way strikes work. And again, they're, they're only going to add on to Destiny 2. We're only going to get more strikes and more maps, but you're not going to get, like, 15 new strikes. That's ridiculous to ask for. So how many strikes do you get? Three or four in September? Something like that. So then you take three or four strikes, you know, four maps, and again, they're balanced. They work really well. I would love to see a little more range variation on the Crucible maps for some more scouts and snipers and things like that. Um, But in turn, you have this overall issue of having to go do the same Nightfalls and Strikes and Gambit and Powerful and the director that we've all seen for the past two years. Now the director's changed, probably will change again coming up in September some way or another. But however it changes, most of what we've been doing is still there. Most of what I've been playing is still what I go play. If I go run a Nightfall solo like I did for whatever character I was playing on, I ran the Arms Dealer. Because for one, it's easy. I know how to run it. And that's a year one Destiny 2 strike. It's one of the first ones that we all ever ever saw. And that's something I'm still running to level up my Warlock right now. Now, is it easy to do something like World of Warcraft where their season is like, leave everything in the dust, you're not playing that content anymore. And they give you a butt ton of stuff. But they also didn't, they would do like a raid update. Or they would launch like, hey, here's a new raid. Here's a new dungeon. Um, and they would do those pieces, like here's the new endgame piece, but your leveling is always like, it was so hard to make that grind. It's just it's it gets rough. So when you get back into looking at Destiny and you're like, so it's like saying World of Warcraft, you would have to go run the dungeon you ran at level fifteen to still go get to still keep leveling up. Okay, we we raise the level from sixty to seventy How do you get power how do you how do you level up? Well, you can go run this level dungeon at 15 that you've done before, this one at 25 you've done before, 35 you've done before, 45 you've done before, or you can do this one new thing. But you can only do that once a week, though. So you get to these points to where. I understand some of the weekly resets. I know they're trying to extend content to a point of you know, making it last for a while and things like that, but It'll be interesting to see what Borderlands does for its grind with, like, New Game Plus and things like that. Because that's one where it's like, you're truly just grinding for weapons. There's not armor, there's some abilities and things, but it's so much about the weapons. So, how good are those weapons going to be that you keep grinding in New Game Plus to get new weapons? And how many more abilities? How much are you really going to change your playstyle? That's the question. And, I mean, I come from World and I come from, like, one of the deepest games ever. So World of Warcraft had skill trees and seven different character classes and horde versus alliance. And you had PVP in there. You had battlegrounds. You had, you had raids, you had dungeons, you had, I mean, you had the variations of strikes, basically a short version thing. Um, and you, and that's the kind of the thing I think they miss. I just, I'm going to go off on tangent after tangent after tangent. So you guys are still here. So this will definitely now be a podcast. Um, they take something like strikes, and the only reason they make you they they make you play those to unlock service revolver, for example. Like, I have to do like eighteen more strikes or something this week just because. So I'll try and split them over my character so I at least get those. But generally, it's like how's weapon? Di- yeah. So you take something like strikes, and say I had to grind, and it's it's a different play style. It really is. I don't know if it probably really wouldn't work in Destiny because we're so used to it. But it's like you would you would go through and level up and you'd experience kind of a small dungeon to give you a little boost in your characters you go through, and then when you level up towards the higher level, there's this like one activity. Now you end up running strikes over and over and over because you want this next set of stuff. But if I could run strikes and get powerful drops, not just a nightfall, but if I could run a night and if I if I knew a nightfall was eventually going to get me high enough levels, new modifiers would be nice for stri- yeah. Come on, give me new modifiers for strikes. That would be huge. Um... But, like, strikes are not crucial to the leveling process. Or at least your story progression, I would say. Bender, see you later. Have a good one. Enjoy. Um, So, it's like they miss out, and I feel like they miss out on putting story throughout, like, intertwined with strikes. Like, they don't tie into the story be like, hey, I've gone to Nessus now. Let me go experience the, you know inverted spire tie it into the story because there's this guy who hijacked this giant drill and we're we need to go down in here he's going to drill into this thing have it tie into the story and then put a heroic version back in there maybe you play later on and that heroic version can bump you up and just these little the soft caps and the hard caps of power and stuff that we get in there sometimes just like i just want to play and grind for as high as i can get now there are some things they're going to have like raid resets and things like that um but I feel like we, I don't know if we have enough. And we probably do, but it's fine. So let me catch up on what some of you guys were saying. Mashari, I remember D1 when I hit max light level and done all the raids, I start doing PvP. But PvP in Destiny 2 is not fun. I don't know why something feels off. Um, He's like, how was weapon diversity? How was weapon diversity? Because PvP feels like there's no diversity. Same five weapons everywhere. Could be, I just don't know why. I just don't enjoy PvP. I ran 900 hours in D1, 200 of those were in PvP. Yeah, new modifiers would be nice for strikes um new maps in crucible changing up the meta more often more often is one thing i've heard a lot of people ask for dcp has said it i know fran mirabella for sure is just like mix it up do a new meta it's like hey bump up scouts or change this one or and it's like is it an arbitrary change maybe it's an arbitrary change because hey like auto rifles aren't that great bump them up so everybody's using auto rifles Those, those those things are burning through and then maybe nerf those down a little bring up scouts like I mean, I feel like Dota introduces so many characters that they're probably balancing stuff constantly. But as, like, we have, like, the same archetypes, and it's like, we got bows, we got submachine guns, and we got sidearms. Submachine gun, there's one good one with Recluse. But generally, we've got a whole smorgasbord of stuff we don't use. So, it's, I don't know. I enjoy the game. I enjoy how it feels. The satisfaction of blowing off a Cabal's head feels good. The feeling of popping a super feels good when you shoot any gun in Destiny. Especially, like, the Black Armory weapons in Destiny, they feel really good. They have a weight to them, like Hammerhead, Tatara Gaze, the Scout Rifle, specifically those at least I'm thinking of, feel like they were created in the Black Armory and they have a weight to them. They have a punch, like... They have, like, it sounds like I'm shooting a fifty caliber sniper rifle when I'm shooting Tatara T- Gaze. Like, they sound unique, and when you hit those shots, they feel good. Like, that feel of the guns, I mean, it's freaking amazing, and I, they just keep nailing that. So, that's one piece for sure, but the other side of that for me is, like, armor was one I was asking for forever, and we got some armor perks back, which is like, thank God. But, like, you know, having scavenger reserves, so you're only big two. The master working is eh, not really a major piece. And then... But it's all about ammo. How much more ammo can you get for your weapons? It's like, I want to change how I feel. I miss. I want to be able to run faster. I want to be able to be a tank. I want to be able to get my abilities up quicker because I spec'd in that way, but I'm a glass cannon. Like, I want an RPG out of this game, and it has the... The... Don't even get me started. Um... (laughs) I want the people like you play the three characters, and yes, they are different—a hunter, a titan, and a warlock. But if you set up their spe, their stats exactly the same, um, they're gonna—beside, their jump is gonna feel different, yes, but they're gonna take a similar number of shots. Their recovery is gonna be similar. They don't have like a base set to them, like hey, my titan has plus ten resilience already. Oh, you want to add more on top of that? Cool, but he's already kind of a tank. He's a little slower. That height, that hunter over there can outrun me, but that's fine. The warlock? Oh, you want to be like a mage? You want to be a glass? You're wearing a robe anyway. It's not like you're wearing armor. So, yeah, you're going to be our glass cannon. So, your abilities come up more ar- faster. Or, you know, you're, you do more ability damage, for example. And people are always worried about that, like, breaking stuff. But that's how you would have customization be like, speed. Like, what if the hunter had a specific piece? Like, Hey, you're going to be nimble and agile, you can go invisible on Q, you can do all those things. And yeah, you would probably break PvP. I wouldn't doubt it at all. But again, if I threw a grenade as a warlock and it killed you, and you threw a hunter grenade and it didn't kill me, but it like hurt me, that's a different example. I'm slower and I'm a glass cannon, but my grenade's going to hurt you more as opposed to yours, which you have to get close or you have to dodge, be invisible, and catch me off guard. You have to play differently. And then I'm a titan, I'm just walking around, I'm a big lumbering tank, I can take shots, my abilities are somewhere in the middle... But I've got, like, weapons that maybe you can't use. And they even had, like, class-specific weapons in D1 that they haven't even brought back yet. Now, is that, like, class-specific exotic, exotic class items? I mean, yeah, exotic class item. Yeah, a butt towel, a cloak, and a armband. Hunters outrunning people. I was like, but it's like, if you sprint me and a a hunter side by side, we're still going to run the exact same speed. The issue with PvP is like you said but who cares about PvP it's not like they have MLG tournaments or something yeah it's like that's true it's like you are gonna break some things if you have like and balancing on that would not be easy but in turn they don't they thought about trying to make this a competitive game but I don't think it's worth it I think it would just be fun it's like uncharted PvP is it like balanced and perfect probably not but is it fun kind of goofy sure same thing <laughs> And would there be an optimum meta of probably, like, six tanky titans walking in front of two warlocks? Maybe. But could you have fun and really play your own playstyle and... Excuse me. Feel like, I'm going to pick the warlock. Why? Because the ability damage is higher. I'm a little weaker, but if I sit in the back and I throw grenades and I can do chaos reach, kamehameha beams, and all those things, I know that's my purpose. That's my role. (laughs) And they have still, they have still leaned far more into the shooter aspect as opposed to the RPG aspect. And I think that's what I would like to see. So, I think for the chat, at least Twitch, I'm not going anywhere yet. But for the chat, and this has been a long one. For those of you guys who have been hanging for a while, this turned into about an hour and a half podcast of me rambling. Starting with Season of Opulence and then turning into something completely different. Uh, but yeah, I think that's where we'll wrap it up. I could talk about this stuff all the time, even more. So if you guys want to hear more rambling rants like this, I could keep them shorter. If you guys have topics of discussion, let me know, but I might throw this one out there on YouTube just for you guys to sit there and listen to if you want, maybe a random midnight release or something like that. Um, but generally what I would like to see is bigger changes that I don't think will be coming for a little while. So I'm going to enjoy what's here. So season of opulence should be interesting. The Menagerie could be cool if it's as random as it, you know, a little more randomness could be good. The Raid will be interesting, and your little chalice, the Penumbral Chalice, seems like it's going to have some very specific function, so enjoy your grind, everybody, this week. Um, if you're listening to this thing on YouTube, I do have this on audio platforms as well, so if you guys are catching this on audio, you can find me on YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter. It's Ebontis on everything, E-B-O-N-T-I-S, and other than that... Thank you guys for hanging out, for listening, for letting me feel, fill your ear holes for a little while and uh, grind out the rest of your week and enjoy. So that's where I'll wrap this one up. You guys are awesome. And if you do want to support me, you can find me on Patreon. I do have a Patreon there. It's just patreon.com slash If you do feel like supporting me, never appreciated or never, never appreciated. Wow. Never required, but always appreciated. So thank you very much, everybody. I'll see you soon.